Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 10. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Look at verse 3. It's hilarious. Jesus says, pray, then go, and I'm sending you out as lamb chops to wolves. And the disciples are probably like, oh, gee, I can't wait to go. Notice in verse 3 here, the emphasis has to be on I send you forth, not lambs to the wolves. Matthew chapter 9, you might want to write that in your margin. Jesus said they were to go and to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. Now, in ancient history, listen, the serpent was always a symbol of wisdom and craftiness. And the dove was always a symbol of gentleness. Jesus is telling them that as they take the gospel to the world, to be wise and to be gentle. Unfortunately, we see some people who are wise as a dove. You must get that on the way home then. That means not so bright. And gentle as a serpent. That means not so soft and cuddly, okay? And instead of, instead of being wise as serpent, as gentle as a dove, as Jesus told us as we are taking the gospel out, in verses 4 through 12, we've covered a lot of this in our study in Matthew, Jesus told them, don't, don't carry a bag or a knapsack or sandals. In other words, don't pack too heavily and learn to trust God. I think... Jesus is trying to teach them to lighten up on what you hold on to in this world because you can't take it with you. So learn now to live light and travel light. Can I tell you something? God, are you listening? Are you listening? God cannot use many people because they are too weighted down by the things of this world especially in the U.S. We got so much stuff. Folks' garage, they build in the storage shed. Not only is the garage packed, filled to the brim, but then they build a storage shed because they, gotta get, they got more stuff to put into there. I know people got two, three storage sheds. What you storing all that stuff for? <laughs> you know what? You got a problem. You're a hoarder. I'm serious. You need to seek help. What's doing all that stuff for? We have so much stuff. We got car payments. Some of us got four, five car. That's okay. But if you got four or five car payments, that's not okay. Let the church say amen. That's not okay. 
We've got visa payments. We've got Nordstrom's maxed out boats and jets and work and soccer and cooking class and step aerobics. I don't know where that came from. We got all this stuff. We're just so, we're so busy. We're too busy. And God can't use us because we're too busy. God can't get our attention. We have no time for God. He can't get your attention. Notice Jesus said in verse four, would you go ahead and look at it? We got to move forward. Greet no one along the road. Very interesting. Jesus says, don't greet people. Now in our culture, listen, when we greet other people, we greet other people fairly quickly. I mean, we do in our culture. We greet people quickly. Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Or you're near enough to them. You go, hey, man, what's going on? Pound. Yeah. Well, have a nice day. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, man, what's going on? You, you know, we greet each other. Hey, how you doing? When, in fact, I often have wondered, why do we ask people how they're doing? We don't really want to know. <laughs> Y'all know I just keep it real. Don't I? We don't really, we go, hey, hey, how are you? How's things going? Okay. What if somebody actually stopped you and said, you know what? Let me tell you how I am. It's going to take about four and a half hours, but let me tell you how I am. You'd be like, well, I really was asking how you are, but I really don't want to know. So that's how we greet people. In the ancient culture, listen, in the ancient culture, when you met a friend, you would, it was a very long, drawn out and time consuming greeting. True. They would meet each other and they would ask each other over and over again, how's your family doing? How you, how you doing? How's things been going for you? So I haven't seen you in a long time. They would go on and on. Peace and prosperity be to you. Oy vey, peace and prosperity. How's your mom? How's your grandma? How's the blood type? How's things going? And they would just go on and on and on in their greetings and and it became sappy and it became sugary. And Jesus is saying, listen, you're on a mission and you have a purpose and you can't be standing around giving out platitudes, but you have to be about your father's business. So preach the kingdom of God and don't let anything hinder you. Do what you're called to do. That's what he's saying. And whatever house you enter into, peace. You can say that. And when you're in someone's home and they give you something to eat, eat it graciously. I think of about 1983. I'm on a missions trip with my pastor from Calvary Chapel in Marietta. And we're in Japan. And we had often been told, matter of fact, in my briefing before, this was my first mission trip ever, as a matter of fact. And in the briefing, and I think we all kind of notice, like in the Orient, when they put some food on your plate, you're supposed to eat it all. Anybody ever heard that? And, and if you don't eat it all, then it's insulting, right? So that's what I had been told. So when we get to Japan, we're at this pastor's house, and I'm with my pastor. And I hate raw sushi. I could get sick right now thinking about it. I hate raw sushi. So we go to this pastor's of his church house and my pastor's sitting over here and the other pastor's sitting over here and we're sitting around the table and there's some other people who came because Americans are here and they came to see us and everything. And so I'm talking to, you know, my pastor about something and then the Japanese pastor, he puts this raw sushi on my plate with wasabi sauce. And uh, so I looked at it and I'm like, oh, okay. 
So, you know what? I said, you know what? In the name of Jesus, I can do this. You know what I'm saying? Some stuff you just got to say, in the name of Jesus, I can do this. Anybody know what I'm talking about? In the name of Jesus, I can slap you. No, I mean, no. I mean, in the name of, in the, <laughs> in the name of Jesus, I can really, I can do this. So I ate it. And, and I, I got it down. And, and I, I was probably green at that point, but I, I got it down. I'm thinking, okay, that's over. Great, great, great. So then I start talking to the Japanese pastor like this. And then my pastor, obviously, he puts a piece of sushi on my plate as well. So I, I, I was like, God, yeah, he's talking. And I'm like, <laughs> so I thought, well, you know, I got to eat this. So I, I eat the thing. And I'm telling you, at this point, I'm like, in the name of Jesus, I can't do this. I, I Sometimes you get right there, too. In the name of Jesus, I can't. And I'm like, I'm eating this thing and I'm going. I mean, seriously, I am like gagging. I cannot even handle it. I finally did get it down. And they went back and forth. These two went back and forth with this for like two or three more pieces. I know. I was like, like ready to die. And, and then all of a sudden they started laughing. And I'm, I'm like, what y'all laughing about? I'm sitting in the middle of them. I'm like, I didn't get it. I'm like, what y'all laughing about? And they were laughing because the Japanese pastor finally said, he goes, oh, you Americans, y'all all, you all think that if, if you don't eat all the food that's on your plate, us Asian people are going to be offended. He says, that's not what we feel. <laughs> he goes, if you don't like it, don't eat it. And I looked at my pastor and I said, in Jesus' name, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Like, you know, Jesus says here, he says, listen, they put something in front of you, then just eat it. Go ahead and look at verse six. Oh, time flies. Look at verse six. Jesus said, when you're traveling and doing the work of the ministry and you enter someone's house, eat what they serve and drink what they give you. And don't be embarrassed to take from them because a laborer is worthy of his hire. Are y'all still with me? And then in verse eight, when you get to the city and you do the work of the ministry, heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God has come near them. And then in verse nine, if you enter a city and they don't receive you, go out into the street and say the very dust that clings to our feet, we wipe it off against you. But they should know that the kingdom of God has come near you. Jesus is telling them to use some of their own psychology. You see, if a Jewish person would leave the area of Israel, are you listening? Into Samaria or Lebanon, which was Gentile territory. When they came back at the border, they would wipe off the dust on their feet from that area so as not to pollute the Holy Land. And Jesus says, the Holy Land is where I send you and the kingdom of God is holy. And if you go into a Jewish city and they don't receive the word of God, then shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. Verse 12, Jesus said, it would be more tolerable for Sodom than for that city that won't receive the kingdom of God. Look at verse 13, if you will. If you're looking at it, say amen. amen. Woe to you, Chorazim. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you, and you, 
Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven will be brought down to Hades. He who has, or he who hears you hears me, and he who rejects you rejects me, and he who rejects me rejects him who sent me. Saying, stop right there. Jesus is taking three cities of his time and comparing them to three ancient cities under judgment. Now, listen, Jesus begins to pronounce woes on these cities because they have rejected him. This word woe is not a word you want to hear coming out of the mouth of Jesus. Not woe. You don't want to hear that. He said, woe unto Chorazin, woe unto Bethsaida. Woe unto Sodom, woe to Capernaum, who was exalted to heaven, and now they are brought low. It's very interesting, saints. Study your Bibles. More miracles, check this out. More miracles were done in Capernaum than any other city. Did you know that? Jairus' daughter was healed in Capernaum. The nobleman's son was healed. The centurion's servant was healed. Remember the guy that was let down through the roof because his friends brought him to see Jesus and the house was too crowded with a Bible study and they couldn't get in. So they went up on the roof and let the guy down in front of Jesus through the roof. That was in Capernaum and Jesus healed him. Peter's mother-in-law was healed. Every day in Capernaum, they saw the living Messiah walking in their midst and they didn't respond. And Jesus pronounced a judgment on these cities. And isn't it very interesting? If you go to these cities today, listen, Corazine, are you listening? Hmm? Corazine, Bethsaida, Sodom and Gomorrah, Capernaum. You go to these cities today, what you will find in these cities is ruins, rocks, Weeds, no stoplights, no shops, nothing. Jesus pronounced a curse on them 2,000 years ago, and those cities are not functioning cities today. It is also very interesting that the city, the one city around the Galilee is what we're talking about. Please listen. The one city around the Galilee that Jesus did not pronounce a curse on would be the city of Tiberias. That city today is a thriving, functioning, beautiful city. On one of my trips to Israel with Elvira, we walk into a kibbutz. A kibbutz is like a hotel, but not. That's the best I can do at third service. Okay. It's kind of, sort of, but not really a hotel, motel. Okay. And so we get there and we check in. And we go in the room and I go over to the window and I op- our, ho- our room was right across the sea. We were on the Sea of Galilee, right? Capernaum is here. Our hotel room was here. The window was right here. I walked over to the window, opened up the window. It was nighttime. It was dark. And it was pitch black all around the Sea of Galilee. But straight ahead was Tiberias, a city set on a hill whose light you could not miss. And I said to Elvira, I said, honey, come here, come here, come here real quick. Look at this. Look at this. And I opened up and I said, look at that. See that city on a hill and a light that can't be hidden. 
And Jesus said that we are the light of the world and our light should shine like a city on the hill and we shouldn't hide our light the same way as there's no possible way to miss that city at night because it's on a hill and it's light and it's beautiful and it's functioning and it's thriving. But the cities that rejected Jesus, even his hometown or headquarters of ministry, we better call it that, his headquarters of ministry, Capernaum, even that town, Jesus says, woe to you. Because, listen, Jesus expects you to respond to the light that you have been given. To whom much is given, please, I'm coming in for a landing. To whom much is given, much is required. With knowledge comes responsibility. That's why I have told you in the past, might I remind you again, coming to church is dangerous. What do you mean, Rodney? Coming to church is dangerous because when you hear the word of God, then you are expected to be doers of the word of God. You're expected to be, you'll be held accountable for that which you know. So there are people who will say, I've been in church for 25 years. I've been going to church all my life. I'm knee high to grasshopper. I've been going to church. Are you a Christian? Well, 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 depending on what you mean by Christian. But I've been going to church all my life and I've been hearing the word of God. And oh, yes, I heard that. And oh, I read the Bible. All oh, We all know people like that. Let me tell you something. Knowing a lot about the Bible is dangerous because someday when you stand before the Lord, you're going to have to give an account for everything you know. And with much light comes much responsibility. With knowledge comes responsibility. And that's why I believe that our country, the U.S., will be judged and we will be judged severely because we have a lot of knowledge in this country. We got DVDs and uh, Bible teaching on DVDs, MP3, media library on the Internet. Hotels, you got the Gideon Bible, and still a lot of hotels, believe it or not. Hallelujah. We got all kinds of resources. In your house, you got at least one Bible. I know in my office, I got 10, at least, at least. At home, I probably have another 10, 15 Bibles. We have a lot of knowledge in this country, TV preachers and all kinds of stuff we have in this country. And yet we have all this knowledge and yet the harvest is still plenteous and the laborers are still few. And don't you think God's going to hold us accountable for what we know? Of course he is. That's why we have to be doers of the word and not just hearers only. Somebody clap your hands and say, amen. Would you do that? That's the truth. Notice in verse 16, I'll wrap it up right here. Jesus says in verse 16, everyone that hears you hears me and those who despise you despise me. In short, their sin was not that they attacked Jesus. Don't get it twisted. Their sin was that they ignored him. Their sin was a sin. Have you ever heard this? The sin of indifference. Their sin was a sin of indifference. Some people don't have a problem with Jesus. For them, it's business as usual. Here we are upon Christmas. People don't have a problem with Christmas. I mean, some folk want to put Xmas and all that other kind of stuff, but they still celebrate it. They got lights on their house just like you got. They send cars to their friends and family like you do. 
They come to sing. They'll, they'll, a lot of them will be here Thursday night. Praise the Lord. I'm happy. You know, they, they, some people are two-timers. I call them two-timers. They come to church two times a year, Easter and Christmas. We have a lot of two-timers here. Just like, just like us. We go to church. We do all these things. They got no problem with Jesus. There's no problem. But then after Christmas is over, please stay with me. I'm coming in. But then after Christmas is over, it's back to business as usual. You know, they sing the songs about the Savior on Thursday night. We'll come and we'll sing the songs about the Savior. But then Friday morning, it might even Thursday night, if you catch it right, you'd be right over there at Walmart, which I wouldn't recommend it. Walmart will make you lose your salvation. I'm telling you, get in the, you want to get in the flesh? Go to Walmart. I'm telling you, every time I don't, maybe, maybe it's just me. Maybe I am a like magnet of crazy people at Walmart or something. Maybe the Lord wants me to make Walmart a mission field and I've been, I've been like rejecting it. <laughs> God's been saying, I want you to make Walmart a mission field. And I'm like, no. I don't know, but every time I go there, somebody hits me with a cart, somebody runs over me, cut in front of me in line. I even try to go to the self-checkout. I didn't even tell them this first or second, y'all blessed. I didn't even, you know, I didn't even go, I go to the self-checkout. I'm ready to self-checkout, somebody jumped right in front of me. I'm, I'm working here, I'm doing this myself. Why are you doing this? Get out of my way. It happens, every time I go to Walmart, don't go to Walmart, seriously. Don't lose your salvation over someone cutting you off in line. It's not worth it. It's not worth hell. Listen, don't do it. But people have a problem with Jesus, but after Christmas, it's business as usual. No concern about God. They don't even understand that the babe born in Bethlehem is all grown up. And he is not in the manger. He's all grown up. He went to the cross. He died for our sins. Christmas is not about the babe in the manger. Christmas is not about the nativity scene. Christmas is about the Savior who came to die for the sins of the world, who went to Calvary's cross. I'll wait while you clap. Who went to the cross... And suffer, blood, and died for us so that we wouldn't have to. That's what Christmas is all about. It's not about what you get. Christmas, listen, newsflash. Christmas is not about you. <gasps> Clutch the pearls. <gasps> Christmas is not about you. No, it's not. You got to remember that on Christmas morning. When you open up that gift and you say, just say to you, uh, Pastor Ryan just told me Christmas is not about me. And then your next question should be, what is it? Christmas is not about you. It's about the babe born in Bethlehem who grew up, became a man, was beaten, suffered, bled, died, buried. Three days later, rose again. Ten days after that, ascended into heaven, and in due time, will return again. That's what Christmas, there's a gospel right there. There's a gospel message right there. That's what it's all about. 
And that's what we have to remember as we go into this holiday season, into Christmas season. It's all about Jesus and all about what he has done for us. Can I say this last thing? I know I said that four times ago, but let me say it one more time. This last thing, Christmas is in many respects, stay with me, don't turn me off. Christmas is in many respects more important than Easter. What you talking about, Willis? Because if the babe, if God did not leave his throne in heaven to take on the form of man, that's the word incarnate, to take on the form of man, Emmanuel, God with us, if he didn't, never left heaven to, to come to the earth in the form of a baby, we would never have had a, 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 a crucifixion. We would have never had a savior. He came to die. So in many respects, Christmas is even more important. And Easter is like a biggie. Let the church say amen. amen. But Christmas is even bigger still. The whole world stops on its heels to remember every place in the world. Listen to me. Every place in the world. I don't care. what They might even have some weird, wacko, strange, creepy gods. But the whole world stops on its heels for Christmas. Even if they don't even know Jesus. The world stops on its heels, and we need to stop on our heels and give God the glory he deserves. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.